Hey everyone, my name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mellon, and we are two Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're back. We're back. We haven't been here for a while, because um, Thanksgiving last week. Hope everybody was able to spend some time with their family eating pie. I'm a big pie eater. Do What's you your favorite? Pie? You don't like pie? Oh, I love pie. What's your favorite pie? I mean, I'm a good classic, you know, apple pie kind of mm. gal with the ice cream, but mm. um, my favorite is Petsy's Pies chocolate bourbon pecan pie. Mm, I love pecan pie. It's so good, it's but the, my like, favorite. the chocolate and the pecans. I haven't so had it good. yet. I know you were supposed to get me a pie. <laughs> I was supposed to get you a whole pie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the holidays flew by. They really did. I watched so much TV. Okay. All right, get ready. I'm okay. ready. Here we go. So, uh, I watched two seasons of Barry, which oh, you've seen. Oh, yes. I love that show. Uh, He's like a serial killer who goes to LA to try to be an actor. Yeah, right? he's not a serial not, so killer. Not a he's ser- like he's a, a hit contract killer. Yeah. Sorry, hitman. Mm-hmm. So I watched that. I watched uh, a season of what's that show called? Oh, um, Jack Ryan. Oh my god! Season. I've watched the first episode. I'm sorry, the worst. I mean, it's really bad. It's I think so I forwarded bad. a lot of it, but I learned a lot <laughs> about Venezuela, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, it, that was that. Uh, then I watched two episodes of Broadchurch. Oh, I. You would like it. I've watched it oh you watched it okay. so that lady is the new queen i love her she's so funny she's so good it's this did you finish the whole thing i the first season i i spoiled myself i got through three episodes and then i read about who the who the killer was what i know i don't know why i did it but i just was like you know what i don't have the time right now to watch <laughs> that <laughs> so, and then it's I, sad though right like who the killer oh is god yeah Ooh. then i want i put mm. on the irishman so that's the, <laughs> is it on Netflix? It's like the Robert De Niro 500-hour movie. Joe Pesci, you know, Al Pacino, whoever else, Robert, no, Ray Romano. All Italian guys. It's called The Irishman? I, I, I was, yeah, anyway, no comment. So I watched it-ish. Okay. I, you know. Recommending it now? It was long. Like it was if long. you have a whole bunch of time. Yeah, yeah. And then I started... Uh, People are like, wow, you had a lot of time. People, I saw a lot of then people. Then it was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch uh, Jane. I started Jane Jane the Virgin. I've, I saw that a long time ago. So good. It's so good. The dad. Regalio. Uh, he's so funny. So, so funny. And so clueless. The whole, so it's great. so good. So I'm on that, like, that. you know this feeling, like you've started something and you just want to get home. It's like your new boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> you just want to get home and just... Be with your new friends. Yeah, just watch the show. I was like in meetings all week. I was like, I just want to go home and watch Jane the Virgin. Anyway, that's my TV intake. Please tell me you also watch some TV. So I finished The Crown, the third season. So good. Okay, I have not started even season one. Okay, well, so the it follows the queen, the current queen, um, from her the time of her marriage when she was like in her early twenties, and then she was like quickly queen um because her father passed away and she's been queen ever since then and she's like now in her late 80s early 90s anyways so the first two seasons were with an with one cast um but now this third season isn't it's because they couldn't make them look old enough so they have a whole new cast and i was like i don't know if this is gonna work out like i don't know if i'm gonna like that new queen from Bradchurch. she's so good and prince the new prince philip is the guy from that show you love Mm. The Scottish one. Oh, Outlander. Yes. <gasps> the Prince Philip is the husband slash <gasps> other guy. Oh, 
Jack Randall. Yes. Oof. Wow. Um, but he's really good because you're like you hate him. Right. Like he's really, a great actor. You just like yeah. really hate him in this season. Um, and then you spend like the whole season kind of really hating on, like growing to hate the current queen. Wow. And then the last episode, I thank God no one was home. Just ugly crying. Just just ugly. Wow. It was really good. I I encourage you. I encourage you to watch the whole thing. But like if everybody hasn't watched the third season of The Crown, just like. It has to happen. Do it. Okay. Do it. All right. Well, maybe I'll start that after Jane after, the Virgin. <laughs> after your affair with Jane the Virgin. <laughs> exactly. Well, good. So we actually, we saw each other quite a bit. We we spent uh, Thanksgiving morning at the Harvard Square Homeless Shelter. That's uh, right. Helping to make the holiday meal. And, and I think meal. what I remember most of it is uh, <laughs> I just been like, good job. You know, because <laughs> I was like, is this right? You know, because I don't cook. Uh, it was really fun. It was nice to be around a bunch of people that were all working to put together a nice meal. Yeah, it was, it was great. And then on Saturday, we had Small Business Saturday. So we did what we did last year. We went around town. Uh, you know, we started in Inman Square. We went together here, ran into Jennifer uh, Costa. Oh, that's right. Our favorite librarian was at Gather Here. Yeah, yeah. And chatted with folks at Albertine Press. Uh, went off to Almendorf and mm. got some cookies. cookies. Oof! And then we went to another pop up that's on Cambridge Street next to oh, Puritan yeah. and yep. Company. I got some cards. The little shop, cute. Ah, oh, it's cute. Super cute. Uh, and we also went to Curio Coffee for some hot chocolate and my a coffee. Uh, and then I went to Sweet Touch Cafe. People are like, "What's Sweet Touch Cafe?" It's this long. It's been in the neighborhood for so, 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 so many years, and they have great breakfast. It looked Cheap. like a good egg sandy. It was a good, good. Mm. And then we uh, went off to Huron, Huron, Village. and then Porter, and then Central. We were everywhere. There's like a cute. There's an awesome pop up here in Central Square called Pop Central, and it's a it's like a vintage store. Um, but then it's also all of these local artisans that have kind of popped up there. And uh, there's, I think there's like 12 or 15 different um, people that are there kind of selling their stuff. And it's it's really fun and funky. And I, I was behind this guy in line on Saturday who was like uh, buying all the stuff and on the phone going, dude, you got to get yourself to Central Square. <laughs> there's this like awesome vintage pop-up called Pop Central. I was like, I wish I was videoing this right now. That's it's awesome. so funny. Yeah, so yeah. last year we we went around and we talked to shop owners about how the city could do a better job of coordinating marketing around Small Business Saturday because a lot of our small businesses, that's where they just that's where it um, is decided whether they will uh, finish the year in the strong, black yeah. or in the red. And so having a really strong small Small Business Saturday can be really really helpful for our small businesses. So this year, our Economic Development Division of CDD actually put together a really coordinated marketing um, strategy. They did these district maps. They did a lot of social media. And, and then all the business associations got all tied together, too. And so, uh, you know, talking to some of the business owners um, on Saturday, they really appreciated the coordinated effort. And I think it did drive a lot of sales. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We saw a lot of people out and about. A lot of people. Yeah, and presents. Presents. I bought some for myself. You brought some for your kids. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ate a lot of chocolate. It was good. It was yeah. a good day. Yeah, ate our feelings. So there's a lot that's been happening on the council side. We've had a lot of meetings. So we'll yeah. do a quick recap. Yeah, you. so one of the big things that we've been talking about, um, we had uh, the Cambridge Side Galleria rezoning. We had a special meeting last week to hear the um, the findings of the independent outside financial consultant regarding the scope of the project and costs and whether or not New England Development and Cambridge Side Galleria 
need to build that much um, GFA, gross floor area, to make the project viable and save the mall, which has been sort of the rallying cry from the Cambridge side folks. So the consultant told us that there was some, but not a lot of wiggle, wiggle room and that they, um, you know, we had talked about whether or not they could go to 40% housing and 60% commercial versus the 30% housing that they had, you know, put in their proposal. You and I had suggested that at the last ordinance committee meeting. And then um, a couple of the planning board members also mentioned this, that it would be a healthier mix for a mixed use development like this. So, um, I submitted some amendments that had asked for the following, that they, um, because they couldn't increase the the number of housing units or the percentage of housing, that they actually increase the, uh, the percentage of affordable and middle income housing from 50% to 65%, and that the bulk of the increase be in middle income units, which is um, 70 to 120% of AMI, which is for a family of four between 70,000 and 120,000. Uh, dollars a year and that in the affordable units that a significant number of the units be three bedroom sized so the original their original proposal said that not less than 10 units would be um, three bedrooms and then the new proposal that we just received last night says not less than 20 units which is a big difference Um, the other big change suggested by many in the community um, and kind of driven forward by Councillor Toomey was to move a five minute five million dollar community benefit of renovating the DCR boathouse Um, and that that funding be redirected to the East End House on Spring Street in East Cambridge so that they can purchase a property right next door to them that's for sale so that they can expand as well as an additional $4 million for seed money for a capital campaign to do that renovation starting in 2025. Um, There was a lot, a lot of conversation. I think you had some really good contributions as well, and I know that you worked really hard with the um, developers as well on increasing that amount of affordable housing, but was it the scholarship fund? And yeah, I asked about Eversource. I mean, mm. we've Eversource has been a, been a big thing, and the the, the substation issue is re- not related to them, right? Because uh, they're not in the load pocket. They're not in the load pocket, but they've said like we've we're committed to playing our role. You know, we can definitely help financially if there is a concern. And so I wanted that to be in writing because they've yeah. talked about it, and uh, you know, I talked about the scholarship fund a little bit and how. The amount of money right now is not going to be the same in, in 30, thirty years, years. <laughs> right? And so to 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 look at that, and yeah, of course they were they were amenable, and so it was a good conversation. We still, um, as you've said, it's passed a, a second reading, and the final vote is on twelve sixteen. Yeah, so that's not this Monday, but the following Monday. Yeah. So if we don't take any action on this petition, um, it expires. It on expires Christmas. on Christmas and would have to be taken up by the next council. So yeah. stay tuned on that, and then. On Monday night, we um, had a roundtable instead of a city council meeting. And so it was on two topics. Uh, First was the universal pre-K report that I will quickly, I'll recap a little bit. Uh, And then it was also on the Tobin, which um, you can talk about. But so essentially, uh, the the purpose of the the roundtable was to discuss uh, a potential roadmap for designating a universal pre-k system for four-year-olds that would best align with the needs of our community and so the city of cambridge and cambridge public schools jointly contracted with early childhood associates associates in partnership with uh, umass donahue institute to analyze and evaluate two models of universal pre-k for four-year-olds and then recommend a preferred model and provide a, a framework 
to to talk about a high quality universal pre-k system uh, and then there were some population projections for ages 0 to 17 and enrollment projections for pre-k to 12th grade between uh, 2020 and 2030 that were also discussed and we can tweet out a, a round table the it's all it was all videotaped but essentially there's two models there's a public school model which would allow Cambridge Public Schools to convert the current uh, junior kindergarten program to a pre-kindergarten program and change age eligibility from four and a half to four year old. And then uh, the second recommended model was a mixed delivery uh, model, which is seen throughout the country that cities have implemented that would uh, allow for pre-kindergarten programs to be offered through a network of providers. So that would include Cambridge Public Schools, Head Start, uh, the Department of uh, Human Services and uh, community-based programs, and so that was the model that was recommended. So we we had a presentation overview by key staff, uh, and some of uh, we talked some of about what what high quality means, uh, what it could look like in Cambridge, some of the trade-offs, uh, and it. I think, you know, we both felt this. We walked away with, all right. So how are we going to get there? Right. And when are we going to get there? Right. And, you know, there's this, this, a lot of this discussion had come up from a 2015, 2015 task force report. And so the, the work is getting done. It just, for some, it's too slow. And for some, it's, you know, it is very complex. So how are we going to uh, make sure there's movement on this and who's going to do it? And so there's, I think we still have some questions. And it was, I think they came to us with their preferred model, but we didn't, we can't take a vote at a round table. Right. Uh, and so it seemed that we do want, I think it's going to be the mixed delivery model. Uh, but right now it's where we are figuring out next steps. That's my takeaway. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of questions. I mean, it, there was a lot of elected officials at the table that had questions um, because it was both the city council and the school committee. I had some questions around um, whether we've done like a facilities inventory mm -hmm. of, um, you know, what happens to those swing spaces. Um, like right now we have two schools that are functioning as swing spaces for when schools are being renovated. So once the Tobin and Vaseline schools are um, done being renovated, what happens to the Longfellow school? You know, is that a place where we could I mean, it's right in the middle of the city. It is um, sort of a perfect like, location. Could it be retrofitted to house a, mm. a, you know, a four-year-old or a significant amount of our four-year-olds? Because right now, if you have a four-year-old who's four and a half, <laughs> yeah. then, you get, then you get an extra year of school. And there has always been sort of this, it's inequitable, uh, yep. right? Especially if we think about our lower income kids where, you know, that extra year of school is critical. Um, so there has been for a long time been this rallying cry around getting making sure that that's equitable and all if you have a four year old you get an extra year mm -hmm. regardless of when the, their birthday is I think there was some there was a, a lot of complexity around it um, and I but I do which I want to acknowledge I do acknowledge I think that there's an incredible and I think that everyone's being really thoughtful but I do think that there was a general sense in the room that was like okay We've been thoughtful. There's this yeah. report. Now, how do we get to where a point where people, 
a point where everyone, every four-year-old is going to school. Right, right. Um, and so one of the things I brought up was, um, you know, in the interim, while we're figuring this out, like if we're going to have to build a school, if we're going to have to build a building, if we're going to have to build several buildings, like, um, you know, Councillor Carlone mentioned, you know, in New York City when they wanted to do universal pre-K, we actually saw the staff member, the chief of staff from the mayor's office, who came to talk to us at the NAACP breakfast last year to say, what we did was we just took vacant storefronts and we just turned them into classrooms. Like, I think there is a way to both be nimble and be thoughtful um, in a mixed delivery service. Uh, so I, I, I hope that we can be both. Yeah, at this and point, be, be creative. Some of the next steps that were mentioned were that we were going to convene community-based providers for feedback and input on this model, uh, convene principals and JK teachers for some feedback, uh, think about the existing programs and getting getting more additional data. So how many slots are filled with Cambridge children? Uh, how many slots could become dedicated to Cambridge ch children? Uh, we talked about gathering more information about Cambridge childcare workforce, including credentials and compensation, because that's such a key issue. You know, we're right. We're going to need more teachers, but if we don't have a pipeline in development, <laughs> we're not going to have. We're enough. not paying them. We're not paying enough, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to gather some information uh, and feedback from families in ways that can also, uh, you know, that we engage and take our diverse population into account. And then, so you know, that's that's kind of the some of the things that we there's still left to be done. So that will probably happy happen in early January. And another thing that came up was there's some things that are low hanging fruit that I call low hanging fruit that we don't need. We can be doing now, such as the, you look at Head Start. So expanding Head Start hours, right? And so right. Ellen, Ms. Semenoff from the Human Services Department, brought that up. Of there's more families that would love to utilize, but they can't. They can't. They get getting out at three o'clock and not having a summer program is just. They're just never going to be able to choose that option, no matter how affordable it is. Right. So, we, how do how do we let's move forward on that? You know, yeah. is that what amount is that? And the council, we, we'd love to work on that. Uh, right now, we offer fifty four fifty five children uh, high quality or scholarships to attend high quality preschools and to community based organizations and. How do we get that number to be 100, right? It's some of the community-based organizations, they, you know, there's a gap there. How do we how do we increase funding to that? Right, because it sounded like we pay 21000 yeah. and some of these places are 27000 27. So that just seems like, you know. Yeah, so how many, uh, 55 students, how do we get that to the 100, right? Let's have some concrete ways of getting there in the, in the interim. Because we're we not talking about a lot of kids. No. <laughs> Oh, it's no. like 471 no. kids or something. I don't remember what the exact number was, mm -hmm. but I, rem I just, you know, it's, it's, we're not talking, you know, it's not New York City level where you're it's, like it's trying to figure out 100,000 yeah. know, four year olds. It's not Seattle, right? It's not. Right. So, so, anyways, I do appreciate all of the work that mm -hmm. has gone in. And I know that there, everyone's wanting to be really thoughtful about this. But one of the things I brought up at the meeting was, um, you know, when my kids were little and I had an infant, you know, infant care and a preschooler, I was paying $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot. And we ended up doing that because I didn't want to step off my professional track because I knew that it would be lost income right. for many, many years in the future. So, but it was, that was really hard for us. And, you know, staying in Cambridge, paying that, it was 
almost impossible. And so this is this is a this is an issue that crosses a, a lot of socioeconomic lines. Um, but we we essentially won the lottery because both of our kids went to the Tobin Montessori School, which starts at age three. So we not only got a four year old year for both of our kids, we got a, a three year old year as well. So um, I deeply understand that you know for a lot of our families this is a real issue and for us to keep we want to keep pushing it we forward we want to keep and pushing it forward yeah. right okay sorry thanks for saving me that for a minute <laughs> like, i'm so hungry <laughs> okay so after we talked about the early childhood um report we also talked about the tobin montessori and vaseline upper school renovation project and the designs the architects had come up with um, so there were three designs, and there was a community meeting back in November about the designs uh, at the Tobin School, and there were some significant concerns that came out of that meeting regarding the designs and the overall size of the school. And the vice mayor, the mayor, myself, wanted to provide an opportunity for the city council and the school committee to see the plans and ask questions of city and school staff and the architects all together. I think it was a good conversation. It was a little tough because, again, um, we had a short amount of time. It was only 90 minutes, and there were not just uh, nine elected officials like there normally are, but there was 13 um, with the school committee. And so no one really got all of their answers, their questions answered and their concerns addressed. So the Tobin School Complex currently has around 600 students, 300 elementary and 300 upper school students, and the plans would add another 600 students to the campus and significantly increase the size of the building and decrease the open space. So there are plans to add um, a human services preschool with uh, 160 slots, increasing the Tobin School by around two classrooms and adding spots for special ed and special start, and then increasing the number of upper school students from 300 to 450. So the overall size of the building was gonna is projected to go from 120,000 square feet right now to 300,000 square feet. So I had some specific questions about what happens, like I mentioned earlier, around the two swing space buildings once the project is completed and could those be utilized to accomplish some of the goals that we're trying to complete here in the city. So um, I submitted a communication for Monday night to outline the concerns that I was able to address Monday night and then the ones that I didn't get to due to time constraints because it sounds like it sounds like the city staff and the architects are really willing to they're open to um, uh, the feedback that we got that we provided um, on Monday night but also that the community provided in November and then they're doing additional um, community meetings and they're also there's a feedback submission form um, online that you can go through and read all the comments and people had really thoughtful comments I thought from the community I mean it's a school but it's also a neighborhood resource yeah um, it's a huge open space and they, one of the things that I think is going to be really difficult for the community to swallow is currently that space has three baseball fields um, and all three can be played on at the same time this new plan, all of the designs. And there's three designs. There's three different designs. And all of the different designs have two fields, but you can only play on one at the same time. So there's a there's a baseball field, and then there's a, a soccer field, but you can't play on both of them at the same time. There's an overlap. So I think, you know, going from, I think I, I said this on Monday night, going from three fields to two fields is one thing, but going from three fields to one field, I think is untenable for that neighborhood especially if you're gonna add that many kids um, into a campus, I think having more fields is better um, and more open space is better as well. As you know, we spent a lot of time the other night 
at the universal pre-k conversation talking about how it's so important to have open space for the our younger students so um so there's going to be more community meetings there's going to be more community meetings um and hopefully my my feeling is um i hope that there's some facilities inventory Inventory. that happens and some really rethinking one of the things that um i think was sort of a universal truth the other night was we shouldn't have any surface parking yeah that the trade-off if the trade-off is to have more open space and all underground parking that's the way that we should be going so so we'll keep you posted on that keep Uh, you posted on that seems like an evolving conversation (laughs) (laughs) we uh, we had other meetings this week as well we had a i had a public safety committee hearing as well as a government operations meeting can yesterday. we talk can we talk about how your mom watches all the meetings yeah and then texts you about what you're not wearing? all the meetings she just Are you watched, sure? no no she just watches roundtable or like the city council meeting but didn't yeah. she text you yesterday because you were wearing snow boots no that was for the roundtable oh okay yeah, okay yeah, okay yeah. i was like is she watching this public safety <laughs> meeting <laughs> oh well that was that was the transport yeah we also had a transportation meeting so we won't recap those meetings for you because you know we we don't want to make you sleep but uh, we we it's had still a busy, been very busy. It's been it's still been yeah. All that it's, to say, it's been very busy. Uh, so there has been there's been a lot of stuff happening in the community. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was the uh, Harvard Grad Student Unions, uh, the UAW union uh, is striking yeah, right now. Yeah, started yesterday, right? Yeah, and this union roughly represents about five thousand Harvard graduate research assistants and student teaching fellows. Uh, and they had set a deadline for December 3rd uh, as a strike date. And, uh, you know, after more than 90% of the union workers had authorized uh, a strike. And I was hoping, and a lot of the council was hoping, that there would be uh, an agreement bef- before uh, a strike. Well, we sent a strongly worded letter. We we did a resolution. Actually, myself, the mayor, and Quinton and Councilor Zonovan actually went and delivered that resolution to university representatives uh, with the students right before one of their bargaining uh, sessions mm-hmm. and so forth. But you know, there haven't there hasn't been a, a contract that's been negotiated as of as of yet. And what are they specifically asking for? So there, there's a few things. I think one of the things is that the Harvard the university team has outwardly just rejected has been uh, a proposal for the a right of a student worker to take a grievance regarding sexual harassment to a neutral arbitrator, uh, which is, in my opinion, a proven path uh, that exists for many other Harvard uh, employees mm-hmm. and tens of thousands of student workers across the U.S. to, to have that grievance uh, procedure. It seems like a pretty basic one. Yeah, yeah, and, and then Harvard's also rejected some compensation improvements uh, that because the average grad st- student compensation is r- it's yeah. Do you I, have it in front of you? I don't have it in front of me. No, I, n- I I can tell you quite honestly that a lot, not a lot, but we have a number of um, the kids that are enrolled in the Cambridge Weekend Backpack Program are their parents are grad uh, yeah, students. Yeah, it's it's. I, I get so angry talking about this because I just, I am Harvard. They, you know, they bring in, it's like a, what the figure was like 1 billion per year in grant and contract revenue. I think they're the largest <laughs> um, financial, I don't know how to say this, but like the Vatican is the only organization right. that has more money than them. 
And these students, they, they devote so many long hours. I'm not crying. I have something in my throat. <laughs> they devote so many long hours to teach classes, grade papers. That they're doing groundbreaking research, right? right. They are the, on the front line. Uh, they're the front line face of Harvard in classrooms. And so they play such an incredible role. Uh, and so, you know, in addition, Harvard has also refused fair and equitable improvements to health benefits. So those are the three major issues. They've made strides on various other aspects of the contract. How long has this contract negotiation been going on for? It's over years. a year. Yeah, over right. a year. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to be joining the picket line uh, either uh, definitely this weekend uh, to support workers uh, and, and stand with them. And if you're interested, I think they the folks are, uh, to our listeners who are interested, they are looking for volunteers to do that too. So they, they're striking every day until 5.30 and they start early in the morning and so I don't know what the end in sight is I'm trying to get an update from Ellen Wallace who's the union rep and when is Harvard when do they break for their winter break in a few weeks okay in a few weeks so so that's been happening in the community uh, there's positive stuff happening in the community as well that uh, we wanted to mention yeah um, okay so today the 2019 winter market at the canal um, down in Kendall Square is happening from 12 to 8 p.m. It's at 350 Kendall Street. So this um, boutique market is going to be featuring local artists and artisanal food makers, as well as music, food, ice sculpture, ice sculpture, <laughs> and holiday shopping. So the market is going to be in a heated tent, and I saw a picture of it this morning. It looks so pretty um, in the heart of the Canal District, Kendall at South Plaza. So come escape the cold for a family-friendly event celebrating um, the wonderful Cambridge arts community. So um, some of the things that are happening, Albertine Press is having a mini wreath-making lesson at Culture House, and there's um, a ton of other great artists and crafters, and there'll be some food trucks too, so Zinnikin's Waffles, which I love, and Commonwealth Cambridge. And so shout out to Virginia Cather here for putting this all together with Biomed Realty and the East Cambridge Business Association. There's uh, 15 crafters. And you can check out the website at um, www.canaldistrictkendall.com slash winter slash dash market. Fun. So I think we're going to try to go. Yes. We're going to try to go right from here. We also have participatory budgeting. Uh, please it's back. It's back. Uh, you have until Sunday night. Uh, well, Sunday at midnight, I think, uh, the 8th. Uh, and so Cambridge residents 12 years old and older, including all sixth graders, can vote for up to five of the 20 projects to improve Cambridge. And you can vote online and also view a list of the in-person voting locations on the PB website, which is pb.cambridgema.gov. Did you vote? I did vote. What did you vote for? I do not remember. I, I think the washing machines. Yeah, that was my, that's my, that's yes. my big one. Uh, and I think we probably voted on the same things. What else did you vote for? Oh, I haven't voted yet. Oh, okay. Because I can't decide other than the washing machines. There's so many good things. But yeah, my favorite is the washing machines at the high school mm -hmm. submitted by their family liaison, yes. Greta Hardina. Yes. Um, I've been wanting to do this in Cambridge forever. Studies show that if kids who don't have access to laundry facilities have them at school, their attendance goes, ways up, goes way up. So please consider voting for this one. There's so many barriers for our kids yeah. going to school, especially our, we have a, Actually, have quite a number of homeless students mm -hmm. um, that are couch surfing that don't always have access to laundry facilities, and this could make a really big difference. And it's not a lot of money. No, no. not at all. Um, so I, I hope you, you consider that one. Um, so what else is going on? Oh, there's a site chosen and finalists picked for the 19th Amendment Centennial Public Art. 
Uh, so Cambridge. Where's Common. it going? It's Cambridge Common. Cambridge Common, everyone. Yay! Uh, and four finalists have been chosen to develop art proposals for consideration. Uh, Ezra Exkami. How do you say that? Examija. <laughs> so English is my second language. Examija. Examija of claim of Cambridge. Uh, Franca Franca Dinalt and Claudia Reisenberger, Reisenberger, which is Merge Conceptual Design of San- Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Mags. Harry's uh-huh. and La House Hader of Cambridge and Nora Valdez Valdez of Cambridge of Boston. I was checking out everybody's um, yeah. websites um, just to see if I had like an early fave. It's har- It's hard. hard. It is hard. Um, I would say that um, I just got a good vibe from Nora Valdez of Boston. She has ah. some like really cool stuff. So uh, nice. that'll be interesting. So. Those four finalists um, are going to be developing an art proposal, and the city of Cambridge pays them to do that. And then we will be able to, um, our public art commission will then vote. Or actually, it will probably be the 19th Amendment. There's a special committee. We'll vote on which one. And then uh, lastly, the Cambridge Warming Center opened on December 1st. So this is the third year that the Department of Human Services has worked in partnership with Bay Cove Human Services the Department of Public Works, and the Cambridge Police Department to host a winter warming center that operates out of the basement of the Citywide Senior Center in Central Square from December 1st um, to April 15th and provides overnight shelter for up to uh, 49 adults experiencing homelessness in Cambridge. So that's finally open um, when it was real, real cold in November. Oof, it's like, yeah. when is it going to open? Um, so that's great that that's happening again. Thanks to... thanks really to Bay Cove Human Services who sure. um, do a tremendous amount of work to make this happen. So And then Friday uh, Tomorrow. Is, oh, yeah, tomorrow. My birthday. I know your birthday. Oh, it's your birthday. Ah. Uh, turning 30. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Uh, the Fresh Bond Apartments is having an open house that's hosted Oh, that's right. I saw that. By the city manager. That is correct. That's at 6. That uh, was really fun last year at the port. At the so port. It, like, it was like Bring City Hall to a place so they actually had to cancel the port one i know because it was the snow tuesday night right so that's being rescheduled for next year but uh yeah if you are around the fresh pond apartments on a friday night drop by yeah you can sign up for a library get a flu shot you can get a flu shot if you haven't already i mean (laughs) judging i don't know know what you're doing (laughs) you yeah i got one because alana was like what's wrong with you every day i just texted you did you get get one (laughs) Um, but you can get um you can get your parking permit renewed like there's all kinds of city services that exist there um one of the things that i found last year when we had that port one was that you can set up um a special 911 um like uh, almost like a little folder yeah so that when if you call 911 they have all of the information about you and your family and whether or not you have um specific medical conditions um so that the 911 and the ambulance uh and the first responders have all that information when, when they come to your door it just makes it really really easy especially if you have a medically complex family member um so there's lots of things like that so definitely come tomorrow night i'm not going to be there because it is my birthday it's your birthday um but i hope that i hope that everybody else does we'll send pics um so we have a we have a, a city council meeting on monday night and then we have one on the 16th and then it's possible that we might have one on December 30th. It is possible. We don't have one. The 23rd. The 23rd. But we may have one on the 30th, which would be uh, 
surprising. Which would be surprising. So. so stay tuned on that. We will keep everyone posted. And we have a lot of hearings next week. We have a lot it's of hearings going to next be week. Busy, busy. Um, including on December 11th, we are hearing a Harvard Square rezoning, which uh, everyone is a buzz about. So, <laughs> you know, every all the people of Cambridge. all the people who <laughs> are in the know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, have a great weekend, y'all. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.